Hey, Strange Crew, before we get into this super special episode of the Strange Grooves podcast, we want to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters. The scroll, the scrolls. Major thank you to all you guys who helped make the show possible. Chuck Healy, Colin Walshoots, Mary Hicks, Brent Harris of the St. John Tool Library, Brad Davis, Corey McGill of McGill's, James Mullinger, Kaylin Capson of the Peg and Place podcast, Brennan Parker, Glenn Hicks of U Station, Michael Hawkins, Nick Curtis, and Jennifer Irving. Thank you guys so much for all of your support of our show. We really do appreciate it. And to all those uh, additionally who help support our show by listening or whether it be print or any really other resource, we really do appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're looking to support um, the show in any way, um, you can hit us up on our website, through PayPal, our Instagram DMs. We'll pretty much take it. There there are so many ways to support us. Hit us up. We'll take it. Seriously. Plus, we have cool merch coming out soon. So if you already sign up, you'll likely be the first to know stay tuned we really hope you enjoy this special episode it's a bit of a milestone for us so mm-hmm. um yeah let's let's get into it welcome back strange crew you are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. Hey, you're listening to volume 121 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sharice Letson. I'm Kate Milberry. And we're joined by a special honorary guest, Amelia Bailey. What's up? Hello. So we have a super special episode, Kate. I think this might, I've been really excited for this one. I think this might top our, our interview with Ken Tobias. Don't let Ken hear you say that. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, uh, come on. No. I don't know. No, no but Therese has mentioned this like five years ago. Yeah. She said if we start a podcast, if we ever, ever got to interview Ken Tobias, or if we were ever to talk to Matt Mays, it would be kind of like, that's when we know that we were on the right trajectory. <laughs> so it's kind of, it is, it's like, it's kind of a, a big moment for us so well that makes me happy it's i appreciate the that some blessing over here so everybody welcome to the show yes thank you um thank you for joining us um so it was uh it was super great to uh connect with you uh last month when you were playing uh saint john for uh bash on was it bash on the bay that's what it's called yeah bash on the bay um it was great to to catch up with you there i guess how have things been going how's the rest of the summer uh been going with shows and whatnot the, um, yeah, we, it was an insanely busy summer for uh, for us playing, uh, busier than we're used to, I guess, It's because I think everything's kind of coming back to life again and all that. So, um, yeah, we just finished, uh, we did five nights out east at the Shore Club and then two nights in Charlottetown, Adam and I did solo. And, um, yeah, it's just, there's been a lot of fly-ins. We're going to Moose Jaw this weekend to uh, do a show with Chilliwack, which I'm pumped about. Oh my that's god! Yes. Uh, wow! Cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. yeah. We're playing after Chilliwack, which seems really wrong. I feel like, wow. I feel really bad yeah. about that, but because they're Chilliwack and way more hits, like it's going to be like the worst band to follow ever. But uh, anyways, yeah, and then you know, just a bunch of other weekend kind of things. It's kind of the summer vibe where it's just, just a lot of weekends and and um, just coming back here and then flying out. So it's been really busy and kind of exhausting, but uh, in a good way because I'll do that for forever if i like it's i'll, I'll never get sick of it because especially after two years off 
with COVID, it's it's hard to to complain anymore about any shows really, you know, so. Exactly. I was going to ask sort of how does it feel to sort of be back to like a normal touring performing schedule with, you know, no masks, no restrictions type of thing? I think finally, it, I didn't even think about masks at the short club. Like I didn't even, I jumped in the crowd. I, I mean, you know, I, maybe I should have been thinking of it more, but I think anybody that was there and was okay being so shoulder to shoulder and crammed in didn't really care too much about that and were there for the shows, which I think the medicinal qualities of a, of a show like that outweigh, I think a lot of, you know, if people are compromised or whatever, it's, it's, it sucks. They can't come and they can't, you know, it's like that will be me someday, I'm sure. And, but uh, I think for just, just to, to bring people back out of this funk is, and this sort of the, there's such a toll it's taken on us mentally to just to be able to throw in, to throw a bunch of people into a room and, and have that sort of the magic that comes from a rock show or any show happen before our eyes again. It's just, you really realize how much it really helps us mentally. People who really love music like us, it's like, it's essential. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was, I guess to answer your question, I guess it's, it's really, it's just, I didn't, it just didn't really, it felt like it was before the COVID. I didn't even think of COVID the whole time. I was just thinking about my shows or lyrics or whatever. And it felt really good to go to bed at night and going, okay, wow, that I didn't think about COVID that whole night. I was just thinking about my show again and making it better or, or whatever. So it was fantastic. Yeah. You had mentioned yeah. that at the Area 506 show. Yeah. Like that you had kind of said that, you know, you had made a speech that night just about like being back and, and playing like this, you know, where I think it made everybody quite emotional, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I understand a lot both both sides of the story, but I don't think I don't think a, lo a lot of medical professionals have been front row at a rock concert as much as I have, and I think I have a pretty professional opinion on the medicinal qualities of music because I've been front row, literally front row center for you know over half of my life, and uh, I'm no professional medic or or doctor. I don't have a PhD, but I kind of. I, I know what I see every night and yeah. I know that I've seen people get healed by music and it sounds cheesy, I guess, to some that don't, that haven't been there, but I know you have all felt it. And I think that can't really go away as easily again, you know, people decide they want to and need music. Um, I'll really stand by that and I'll do yeah. secret bootleg shows if I have to, just cause I know how important it is. And, 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 um, and then it goes both ways, you know, like it's, 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 it's a cyclical thing that happens at a really high RPM, those shows where it's just like the, the healing that comes out of that kind of adrenaline and, and the je ne sais quoi of it all, we don't know what it is, but yeah. you just, you, no, you get true. healed. Uh, I believe, I, I don't want anybody to tell me to stop doing that anymore, you know. I'd also um, say too that like we've noticed even, even before a pandemic, I think a lot of folks, especially in I'd say that under 5,000 venue, which is still quite, quite big, even if you're just looking at like yeah. small venues, people are really, really courteous and conscious of safety and inclusivity. And they don't want that access taken away because arts and culture is so important, both to the economy and to thriving artists and bands, right? So I think yeah. we see a level of safety where we are still sometimes seeing whether it be mandated masks or social distancing because people don't want their shows and things to be canceled. So I see both, but I'm, I would agree that most people going out want to be able to go out so they are being safe they're not going to go out if they're you know whether they've got the flu or covid so that's at least our, our and they'll experience do, they'll do what they need to do to get to the show so if you have yeah. the masses mandatory then 
They're going to wear the mask. Yeah, yeah, that's it, hundred percent. And I, I believe in safety as well. And and again, if something else comes along that's four times as contagious or whatever, I'll change my tune. But you know, as far as what we've learned so far, it's sort of um, that's sort of based sort of basing it off of that. But but if everybody's getting tested or wears masks or, or feels they want to wear a mask, it's, I, I'm totally safe. obviously yeah. safety first. However, I think there was a time where a lot of the mental health went pretty south music yeah. lovers including myself and i don't that that can't happen again i don't think you know yeah no i agree and um sort sort of off topic but i know it was like very well populated but what was the calgary stampede like oh it was nuts you know yeah it was, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird I, I like just from city to city or if even yeah city to city not even province to province like you know we did both both years with the first show we ever played that was open back up again, no masks or anything was in Moncton. And it was uh, like the first show back that we've ever played as a full band after a few years, it was just insane. Like Moncton and just, just like, they were just ready for a show. And we, we were kind of freaked out because it was first show without masks or with like my whole band. It was like, yeah. and it was incredible because it was jammed and it was like, the band was hadn't played together in two years, so we were so excited and like just like so loud. I forgot how loud it was. You know, it was like rock and roll is loud. It's like this is nuts, and it was really crazy. But then after the show, it was like, well, should we have done that? That was kind of weird, you know. And then we would go and play somewhere else that would be in New Brunswick. I think we did Harvester, or so maybe no. We we came to St. John, and it was that um, we were all, it was all bubbled. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, first, the, the first, the first, yeah, 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 and it was all bubbled out, and it was on this like two days after or something, you know. Oh, it was like, which so was weird. also great too, and we respected yeah. those rules as well. Yeah. But it was like same province, even, but just totally different mandates, and yeah. and that was just everybody's feeling out their feeling out everything, you know. So yeah, yeah, no, that's kind yeah. of cool. I was just curious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that's all. That's what we said. It's we just were decided band and crew, just whatever this town wants to do, we'll do and, and respect it because it's just how it, that's what was going on, you know. Also off topic about the Calgary Stampede, did you see Kevin Costner while he was there? Oh, sorry, Dancy, the, the Stampede was nuts. It's always, yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. As usual. I did not see Kevin Costner. That would have no. been very cool. <laughs> no. He was like was, the I usher of their parade, apparently. Yellowstone. <laughs> see, I love him to death and I think I'd be a little worried about seeing him play in case it would really kind of like kind of send me on a trajectory away from liking him so much, you yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. you know, be, yeah. not, I hate to be snobby or anything, but you know, it's just historically movie stars aren't that good of band leaders or musicians, you know, or, and you know, it doesn't work the other way around. There's a lot of good actors that are, yeah, true. But are musicians, I don't know why it doesn't, it doesn't flip, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, you know, there's exceptions and you know, Maybe Costner's one. I hadn't heard his album, but uh. <laughs> it's a country western. Guaranteed. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's definitely not about Waterworld or whatever. No, I, I think if anyone, it'd probably be Post Malone duetting on it. Just seems, yeah. seems right. Anyways, sure, that's my sure. Off yeah. My weird collabs in my head. That's, that's <laughs> sure. So uh, as we mentioned earlier, we're you know we you've been uh, I guess we were. I'm really looking forward to having on the show and we have so many um, questions uh, to ask you. And I guess one of the ones I've been, uh, I wanted to, to ask is sort of who are like, who have been some of the most influential artists, musicians, bands in your life, I guess, over, you know, the last 20 years or however long you've been. Yeah. 
long yeah, a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm 30 years almost since I, since I started. Um, definitely 30 years since I started really getting into records. And my, uh, my dad had a really good record collection. So um, I kind of started out with, you know, the classic stuff like, you know, the Stones and the Beatles and Neil Young and Lightfoot and um, Joni Mitchell and Cat Stevens and just a lot of really songy stuff. And that became sort of my standard was just like, um, or, you know, even getting introduced to ACDC. Um, I guess that came a little later, but, but, but just always stuff with songs behind it, you know, and um, just, I remember my dad had uh, Deja Vu, that Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young record that he didn't even push on me. I just found it because I thought the cover was kind of cool, like the old cowboy photo. Yeah. And I was, I played in my school band. I played saxophone in my band and we used to go to these like band competitions. And I remember I took that, that cassette because I thought the cover was cool. I put it in my life in these big, like yellow, chunky Sony sports Walkmans back in the day and, and uh, put it on the bus. And it was just like, from listening to that record from beginning to end, like it was just mind boggling because I was just getting into Neil Young and all those all those dudes and and um, anti shock on the Neil Young Walkman, yeah, yeah, on, the mega bass on, anti shock on, yeah. <laughs> I felt yeah. so baller with that when it came out. I was like, watch out! The, and I, like I wore the, my big army pants, right? The, the G shock one or whatever, I was yeah, like, yeah, the blue my one, yeah. Skip. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. so cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah. Those are great. I miss those. Um, but yeah, just 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 the, those you know records. And I found uh, Desire that Dylan record, and it was just really uh, all very mind blowing. At it, you know, and just when you go from like you know playing with like GI Joes, and then you know a few years later, you kind of like you start getting feelings, and you, you know I started liking girls and started liking you know, rhythm and stuff more and sort of, you know, you start getting mojo or whatever and you hear albums like that at that age, it's like, it really sort of, it really latches on to you yeah. because it's like, this is such a strong, it's like a bolt of lightning coming out of your, you know, your uh, Walkman <laughs> um, or your, yeah, or your Discman. Uh, but, uh, and then you just, I just kind of followed that trail and I just learned everything there was about that era and, and, um, and, whether it was, yeah, I mean, it just it just went like crazy, like a wild like tree that branched off everywhere, and I just sort of sat and I didn't watch TV. I just sat in front of my stereo and educated myself on all of it, and I learned how to play guitar because of it, you know. And um, and it was just I just realized that all those songs, almost all of them, are no more than four chords, the ones that I like the best, you know. And it's like what, like these are only four chords like and I know these chords you know so then you put that kind of those pieces together and and um and that, that was it but but yeah I mean I just all of that 60s and 70s stuff really and then I kind of uh you know I did definitely Lightfoot because my old man was a big Lightfoot fan and it was just as far as like the real like concentrated songwriting like the really perfectionist songwriting you know and then the other side of the coin it's like Neil Young was way more stream of conscious, conscious songwriting and, you know, after the gold rush and his first record and uh, everybody knows this is nowhere. I remember I rented this guy. He's awesome. I wish I could find him now in Halifax. He had a, a record store and he would let us rent. I think he liked us because we were in a band and we That's were like cool. 14 or something. He would let us rent 
like 14 year olds rent his like original version that everybody knows this is nowhere you know be like why does it trust you just we liked him so much it wasn't like he scared us he'd be like just <laughs> just don't scratch it man and we like so we yeah. were super careful not to because we liked him so much you know and i remember like eating dinner with my parents and i have it on and i heard like the guitar solo playing in the basement to cover on the sand and i'd just be like what is this going on in the basement you know yeah. i couldn't wait to finish dinner and go down and listen to the whole thing again and that's when I got into Neil Young, how he was so different than everybody and so weird and every record was so different. And it's like, you can be one dude or one person and you call your own shots and do whatever what you want for a record. That, that it's only four different chords, but you can do it any, way, any which way you want to do it, right? And um, I guess it was just that sort of freedom that, that, uh, of those artists that, because they, it was, that's, that's such a magical time looking back now still of... Uh, of record making it's the pinnacle of, of freedom and awesome well not freedom but as far as good music a lot most songs haven't been taken yet and there's just all this you know it's the, the the production kept getting better and it's more exciting you know and it was just such a you know drugs and cigarettes and booze and whatever it was all just kind of like peaking and not saying that's the best thing to do for songwriting but at that time you know, Acid made a lot of really awesome and cool music, you know, mm. and, um, and, you know, when we listen to Jimi Hendrix, there's no more Acid guitar players anymore, <laughs> you know, John Mayer did a bunch of Acid, I would listen to that record, yeah, same. You know? yeah. but he doesn't, you know, yeah. but um, it was just, yeah, it's just a potent time, so to, to, to have that second generation hand-me-down music was just like, and I really needed it, because I wasn't really into anything else, I didn't play hockey, I'm from Cole Harbor, so getting those uh, that that colorful burst of excitement in my life was really uh, was really uh, um, I'm very grateful for it now. You know. What's your uh, relationship, I guess, with with vinyl now? Like, do you still collect yourself? Do you still listen to it? Is that one of the main like the main formats you listen to? Yeah, all the time. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I have a bunch of vinyl, and I love buying it. And I, there's a bunch of. Um, uh, great antique shops around here, and they've got some really good deals and some really good, uh, really great collections and yeah. really neat. You know that it's like it's kind of for old people, so it's not like you're downtown Toronto. So it's just like all these old antiquers that come around. It's like oh, I'll just you know make it two for five or whatever, two for ten. The best. I guess yeah. I just feel loading up, and I just I can't say where I get it because it's just like every time I'm there, yeah. I, it's like. It's amazing. I'm, okay, I'll tell you guys if you're ever in this neighborhood. <laughs> but it's uh, well, it's really. Well, when we take us there, we'll see what we find. Yeah. 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 Sure. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always buying new vinyl, and and um, and I like to. It's it's a good thing to take chances on too, because there's a lot of stuff that you can get for even two dollars that is just like this. Looks like kind of there's got to be one good song on this, you know, and there almost always is. You know, it's worth the two dollars to find this one song that nobody knows about. I do that and, when I uh, go vinyl shopping. I always buy the ones that I know and that I want, but then I'll always also buy one that I have no idea what the band is or what genre of music it is, but it's just a yeah. cool cover. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't judge books by covers, but judge albums by covers yeah. sometimes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, they're just so much more powerful, I find. Well, yeah, because, yeah, because there's like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like... 
the, you see these cool instruments in the cover or them playing live or something. And it's yeah. like, these, these band looks like they're pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. I'd but, we talk about that quite a bit sometimes about how like, you know, back in the seventies and whatnot, like the, the inserts that you would have in records and just like the, the photos that were there, like it was a whole production. It was before a lot of music videos and things. Right. So like that was yeah. the entity of the brand. Now you buy a record for $50, $60 and you might get a digital download code, maybe. Yeah, maybe. And it's, it's like, yeah. you know, the record doesn't have colors on it. Sometimes it's very basic. So I do wish yeah. that there was like kind of more of like a, a more experience to things, but a lot of bands still do it. So I'm not, you know, trying to take away, but you know, yeah, there are some yeah. that definitely have the capital to do it that don't. Yeah, That's, it's a money thing too, a lot of the time because yeah, it's, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. It, it it is it is yeah. I think the last thing we did was like the like a live album, and I really wanted to 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 like kind of splurge a bit on the costs because we could afford to. And I had a label that was backing it up a bit to to make it like a real sort of thing. So when you listen, sit down and listen to it, there's lots of photos of the band and things, you know, yep. whatever. Like and um and you know, as it, it turns out, it's like it was one of my better selling records, vinyl wise, because people really, when they pick it up, they kind of feel like it's like this thing, and it's got value to it. And it's like people who are going to pull the trigger on buying vinyl, they want it for that reason. Yeah. And it's like, and uh, yeah, I think I think I'm I'm going to try to do that for every vinyl I do from that on, just make it more of a more of a thing, or at least a limited run of it for people who want that that sort of. That physical connection of it, which is, that's all, I think I speak for all of us here. We get that, you know, it's like, it's just like you, you stream a whole album on Spotify or even a song and it just doesn't feel like yours. It's sort of nice to feel like you own a piece of what the band is selling. And, and, and my dad still, even he, you know, he's spent whatever, $2 on a Stones record in 68. He still has it and he's still like, He's still yeah. like, you know what I mean? He still has, you know, he held on to them all these years and it still mean everything to him, you know? And it's like, it's, that's the thing. It's just, it's not like it just goes away. Like most Spotify, anything now just kind of goes away. What's the next thing? It's uh, when you sort of even spend whatever, 25 bucks on something or 30 or hundred, you know, that's like, if you have that record your whole life, that's like 0. 0.005. Yes, sense exactly. which yeah. is what we get paid on spotify <laughs> for play <laughs> you know it's just like and you got this thing for the rest of your yeah. life right so anyways but yes i have a lot of vinyl and it's still a big big part of my life for sure well this might be a perfect uh segue i usually save this question till the end um but you know strange segue um <laughs> it's uh so we call this uh, section uh strange solitary sounds now um so yeah. Yes, we do. Um, to not get sued by the BBC. Um, what would be in your collection, or maybe not in your collection, what would be three records you would bring with you to a desert island, and why? I hate this question, but uh, I well. also love it. <laughs> I also love it. Um, I usually have, like, it always changes, right? Because, you know, you, you think about this a lot, and sometimes it's it would be... Uh, You'd want something that's like a like something long, you know, like a long album, right? Just just being like logical, you know, something that's super super long album. Um, 
You know, no one has ever said that in the in the 121. That's, true. that's a very really? fair point. Yeah, yeah. that's really so longer, Or if it was like a double disc or something like that. Like yeah. no one's ever really pointed yeah. that out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Or tr- like a triple album. It just like be logical. All of a sudden you have three in one. And then now instead of three Desert Islands, you've exactly. got five Desert <laughs> Island records, right? There we go. You know, but um you know, plastic plastics three or you know, I don't know. So it's just any triple record. Um um this this actually I, I brought this out because it's just like you know you'd ask something about my favorite records these days or whatever, I don't know why, but this is called the Dalak Band and I'm obsessed with it and I can't for it's been two years now and I can't turn it off. And it's all just instrumental music. And I feel like because of the fact that it's been two years and I listen to it probably three times a week still, and I'm still not sick of it. And I love how it makes me feel. I think this would be one of them. This guy's, his name is Hilo Majera or yeah, Majera, whatever. And it's called the Dalek Man. And this is the tape. They just photocopied the tape. This is a cassette okay. cover. And they just photocopied it and put it on like a pink background. So this is company that goes through West Africa and finds all these awesome tapes yeah. and puts them out. Um, it's on Spotify, actually, too. You can listen to it now. But it sounds the best on vinyl, and it's a little warbly. Anyways, this is definitely the Dalek Band, this tape record. is definitely one. And I don't know. It was. It's going to have to be, uh, I, I don't know, maybe uh, – Maybe Harvest. I'm thinking of records I never get sick of, you know. Um, I don't know. Uh, and it's maybe, uh, I don't know, man. It's got to be maybe a classical record or I don't know. That's just, I can't even, I don't, I can't. He's glitching out. <laughs> I'm glitching out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's frozen. Yeah, <laughs> just like pretending to be frozen, so I have some time to think about it. Hundred percent. I don't know. I, that's yeah. I don't know. That's tough. I mean, Beatles, Stones, or whatever. But I think I would get sick of listening to Revolver every day on an island. You know. Yeah. Right. So it would have to be like something really weird and and deep, or like maybe like a instrumental Brian Eno record or something, or music for airports or something like that. I don't know. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, something that's like digs a deep groove, but nothing that you can really like. Lyrics might be a really bad idea on these records, right? You might want want lyrics on any of these. Right? True. Maybe as you age on this desert island, you would these soundtracks would have more meaning. It would morph to how you're feeling at the time, right? You could apply your own life to these instrumentals way more than just like a man needs a maid or whatever would be like (laughs) something a little more you could actually apply yourself in your own life to it so very prolific strange solitary yeah no that's i love the practical uh thought behind this thank you these are great answers yeah thanks (laughs) i want to circle back to neil young because i i know um for those listening you wouldn't know this but when we did um briefly chat uh at 506 um you like one of the questions that we ask is about memorable shows. And I do remember you telling us about a Neil Young episode or like a concert you've gone to. Do you mind talking about that? Yeah. Yeah. I've got two, two Neil Young, like, like lightning bolt stories. Like when I, when I was, I think I was 
just got out of high school, so I was 18, and we, me and my bud slept out for Neil Young tickets to the Metro Center in Halifax. It was called the Metro Center at the time. And um, we got really good seats. We were like 10 rows from the front. Anyways, uh, I just said that, you know, I've been playing guitar for a while now. He was my all-time fave. I couldn't even believe he was coming to Halifax with Crazy Horse. Like, yeah. it was nuts. It was nuts. And um, <clears throat> just like before the internet, pretty much, right? So we slept out of our seats. Fought our way to the front row, and I remember in Rock and the Free World, he, uh, he, I remember it was the last show, the the, the last song of the show, and uh, I was front row, I was losing it, and he he played the last guitar solo right in front of me, and he was like just reefing on this guitar. Well, the house lights were on by the, by that time, and uh, he just for the whole solo, he just stared me right in the eyes, and when Neil Young looks at you, he's looked at me in the eyes three times in my life, and. This is the first time, and you know, he just like lasers, you know, and it was probably only for like two seconds, but it felt like an eternity to me because I was like, oh my God, he's looking at me. And he was just reaping on his guitar, and I was just like mesmerized. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. You know, I remember like turning around and seeing the whole arena singing the, the lyric, the, the chorus to Rock in the Free World. And, uh, and it was nuts. So I went home going, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be a singer in a band. That's it. I mean, this is it. And, uh, Anyways, the second time I met him was in Nashville and, um, uh, no, sorry, in Austin. He just was the keynote speaker at South by Southwest. And, um, I was just walking back to my hotel and we were staying at the same hotel. And I was like, oh my God, he's walking this way. And he was with Peggy and Elliot, his manager. And I was like, I gotta say, I gotta say something. I gotta stop him. And, and I did, I stopped him and I just said, hi, I'm at Canadian. And then he's like, with those same like robot eyes. And he was so nice. He was such a nice guy, and I got a photo with him. It was really awkward because the guy who was taking the photo, the camera wasn't working. So I had like Neil Young on my arm like this for like a, a really awkward amount of time. Holding you know? a door <laughs> was, <of> an eternity. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was trying to like, extract everything, all the energy out of him. I was like, you know, and he's like, he's like, is that thing working or not? Whatever. And we got the photo. And then just a few years ago, before right before COVID, I think um, he played in a little schoolhouse in Omimi, his whole hometown, and. Uh, and uh, Greg Keeler from the Rodeo couldn't go, so he gave me his ticket, which I'm in forever in, in uh, Greg's debt for that. Yeah. So I showed up, wasn't on the list. I was like, oh, man, this is like the whole town was booming because it was Neil Young's hometown. And he's never played Omimi. And this is just like, there's like a legion, a town hall, which we played, which is only like 150 people or something. And uh, a few tiny little diners or something. Anyways, so I got there, got turned away at the door. I was so sad because I was so excited. There, I remember driving there. There was a, it was a full yellow moon on the rise, and it was like peace flying across the sky. It was like you were in a Neil Young song. I, was, I said, I can't believe this is going to happen. So we went there, got turned down. Anyways, somebody I knew was working there and was like, Matt, you're on the list. You just didn't make it to the front. Anyways, I got to sit in the front row because nobody was everybody's too scared. to. There's reserve, reserve signs everywhere. And um, I talked to Bob Young that day, his brother, he called me, and I thought I was talking to Neil. He's like, hey, Matt, it's Bob Young. And uh, I thought it was Neil for sure. They sound identical. He's, I remember him saying, uh, Neil doesn't want any of the uh, music industry in the front row. So he's giving it all to musicians or whatever. And I was like, how cool is that? He stuck all the label people in the back, and so it was all musicians in the front. And so that's how I knew it. I was like, yeah, let's just take these front seats. And it was like right in front of his journey through the past piano which is on the floor. Oh, and um, 
And so the third time he like burned holes through my head was when he was singing Sugar Mountain. Um, and he sang, ain't it funny how you feel when you're finding out it's real? And he, he said that, he looked right at me and I remember just nodding my head like, yes, I do kind of know that. And I was just sort of like, I was paralyzed again. I was like Neil Young Paralysis, you know, volume three. And and uh, it's on Netflix. You can see me freeze. My I just freeze and <laughs> it's lost captured on video. And I watched it just to see if I actually did it. And it's you can watch it. I'm just like, you know, in his, you know, just totally stuck in his tractor beam eyes. And, and again, I went home really inspired and just like, I don't know. It's just like getting to meet Jesus Christ, but it's, for me, it's more important to meet Neil Young. And I, I just, I got to, he's still alive, you know? So yeah. it was, uh, that's the story. It was my three Neil Young stories. But. No, I think that's cool. I read his, I have his, uh, his biography, Shaky. Yeah. Like so I wasn't, I wasn't like a huge, huge Neil Young fan. It was one of those things I bought it at like a book sale for like boys and girls club. And like, sure. I bought it when I was a, like a teenager. And then like, I got to know like quite a bit about him. And I always wondered if he was like nice in person. Or if he was going to be like, you know, just kind of like go fuck off to everyone, right? Like, and, and only no. to the people he deemed also like Jesus Christ, right? So I, I, always, yeah. I was always curious. He's, he, I think if you you stand in the way of his musical vision, like I pity whoever tries to do yeah. that. And many people have tried. Yeah. I think that's when he can just turn, right? If you just try to encroach on his vision at all, or, you know, then, then I think he loses it. But uh, I think as far as, from what I've, I have a lot of friends who have met him and he's just like, he loves musicians. He's just supportive and, and super down to earth and nice, you know, Adam Baldwin met him once uh, after his show at the Metro center, I don't know, probably five years ago. And he was just walking from the Metro center down Grafton street in Halifax with his banjo on with Peggy and, uh, and Adam went up to him and, he was just like super nice to Adam. He stopped talking for like 15 minutes. He wouldn't stop playing his, his banjo guitar. He talked to Adam, asked him if he plays in a band. It was like super nice. And wow. yeah, he's just like, he's just a, yeah, he's just an eccentric dude. And he's just so vicious about his, you know, artistic journey that, and he just will not let any, he will not let it be infringed upon, you know. And maybe a dumb question, but. No such thing. Would you like, would he be someone you would be open to collaborate with or would you re like to keep it separate because you, you do appreciate his music so much? If Amelia wanted to collaborate with me, I would say yes, yes for yeah. sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, sure. yeah. Could be yeah. a no, right? Cause it might be yeah. like, no, he stays. No, 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 no. no. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to meet your heroes a lot of the times, but yeah. I just, my, all my heroes have been, be really nice or whatever. I think I just, I pick them well, I think, yeah, you know, like and, uh, you know, but, uh, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I would for sure, but I would, I may turn it down because I'd be just be too scared, you know, right. <laughs> that's the only reason I wouldn't. Cause you would deal, you'd have to, you know, of course your fans would listen to it, but then you would deal with like Neil Young fans. And if they don't like it, I imagine the pressure. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 We've opened up some pretty big bands that didn't like us and, yeah, you just, I mean, it's, it just comes with the territory, you know, you just take the gig and, you know, you don't try to impress everybody. It's one of those things. You know. Yeah, true. Yeah. We we opened up for Metallica once on Citadel Hill and really? it was a bunch of metalheads giving me the finger the whole time. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, was just, 
It was fun. It was got to the point where we, me and the boys were just laughing because it was always like super hard. I mean, Metallica came to Halifax, right? Mm-hmm. I don't blame them at all. You know, I wasn't even in black or whatever. I just I wasn't trying to be a metal band. We just got the gig and and it was just oh yeah, just like so many middle fingers, like fuck, you know, like <laughs> it, was, it was really funny, you know. It's it's but you had to look at the scale of the event, you know. I don't know course. why I'm picturing people in like corpse paint like giving you the finger even though <laughs> yeah. I asked about that. Yeah. It's funnier in my yeah. head that way. Yeah, it was there's all these pyro it was like all these pyrotechnics I was walking through a minefield. I was like, not only was I trying to like not blow myself up. So these packs of gunpowder everywhere, like hundreds of them. And it was like King's Quest, the video game or so. I was just trying to walk through all these things. And then I would, you know, finally get to the edge of the stage. <laughs> it was like a bunch of people, like, you know, like a hundred middle fingers, like you know. Hello, everyone. It's funny yeah. now, but at the, <laughs> yeah. at the time it was probably a little jarring. It was jarring for sure. But when you open up for Metallica, you, I guess you get ready for the jar, you know. It's just... You just, yeah, the whole thing's a jar. Whiskey but, uh, in the jar. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I it, that. I'm all it was, bad jokes when applicable. Yeah, no, they're always welcome, trust me. But, uh, yeah, that was a weird one for sure, yeah. Cool. I didn't know you, I didn't know, know that. that. I didn't know about that show. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. When was yeah. that? What year was that? I don't know, like 10 years ago, I guess now. Okay. I don't remember what year. Uh, bad with that. Um, Crazy. I'm wondering, yeah, I don't remember that. I remember giving Kirk Hammett, uh, a high five when we walked out of the <laughs> on the spot and I was like, worth it. You just like show it. the metalheads, you're like, we're friends, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're friends. Right? Like you're just like, yeah, actually we're tight. Yeah. They asked us. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, funny. it was that was a wild one for sure. Yeah. What are some of the other bands that you've seen that have like kind of blew your mind or if are, are there any like bucket list bands that you wish you could have seen or that are on your your list? Uh yeah, I mean, I would have really liked to have seen full lineup ACDC, which I, I had a yeah. multiple chances to go see and didn't get to go see. Yeah, same here. You know, I really wish, you know, I had just, I had the, the opportunity and I, I didn't go, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think Wilco is one of the bands that I can't believe my eyes when I watch them. You know, there's a few bands that are still going now. Um, and Wilco is definitely one of them, you know, I saw Talib Kweli once at, um, Webster Hall open for the roots and, uh, he just had a DJ and two backup singers and it was like, he like, like the skies opened. It was crazy. Like it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, you know, a lot of good ones and, and I just, I'm so thankful for them because you, you know, you see a few shows and they're like, okay, sure. A lot of bands I thought were going to be amazing kind of called it in, yeah. you know, and I sort of bummed. And, um, you know, I'm surprised bands, any band after like, when you live in hotels and vans and planes and hotels and airports all the time and you go and call it in, I can't imagine like that existence, like to, for us, it's because of that, horribly mundane lifestyle that's like once you get on stage and you see people like actually like you and they came out and the the 12 hour drive you just did 
And so when I see bands that call it in, I'm just like, why are you even here? Like, why are you just go home? Go see yeah. your kids. Like you, you're missing the whole thing. Yeah. You know? And there's definitely, like, yeah, we've seen some shows, like some of our heroes, some not where you're just like, huh. And then some of them like, you know, like still throw it down in their seventies and eighties, like better than, you know, bands in their forties and fifties. Mm. Oh yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like we yeah. just saw Aerosmith on the weekend and like, they were amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. And like we saw them outside. I wasn't sure what the sound was. In it. it was great. They didn't. I thought I was watching Aerosmith in 93. Honestly, I like I was only young, but still, it still felt like we were watching old Aerosmith. Yeah. 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 They made it. Their, they made it a point to be, you know, to, to, to last like what, three decades now, almost yeah. four decades now to be relevant. And they, they are, you know, like it's uh, I've never seen them and I really want to. Me yeah, they, they put on a really great, great show. If I if the one that I've seen now that's kind of touring around that I wish we had seen, like if it was in Toronto, was uh, the Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Joan Jett tour. That one, like everybody I know going to see them says it's great. Right. And like but, anyone oh, who's given Vince Neil a hard time, like you try being in your 60s, being in Motley Crue, mm. you're in your life and going and performing with them today. Yeah, so be good yeah. luck. Because <laughs> I could do maybe one show lip syncing and I'd be done, done yeah. for the count. Yeah, no, no, it's insane. Like so, those guys know... They know what's up, you know, they, they just, they know what a gig is. They know what it takes to, yeah. they, they can't, they know what it's like to get like super high and drunk for weeks before a show. They tried that, didn't work. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. like, they're back to doing it uh, the right way, you know, yeah. the way that's, you know, sustainable. Yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, we're, we're all about like the shows and concerts and we're excited, you know, to try to hit up some more. But like you said, everybody's just going full force into show mode. So it's nice. It's hard to kind of pick like, where are going to go? Like, we didn't expect to go to Aerosmith. Like, we won yeah. tickets on the radio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it was in the States, so we didn't really have any plans to to go down. I know Sharice is going for Stevie Nicks in a couple of weeks, but. Uh, um, I saw her in Toronto. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah we so saw like, Fleet, we, we, Kate and I saw Fleetwood Mac a couple years back. So I'm excited to see, like, a solo show. Like, one of her, her yeah. and her own. Yeah. 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 Landslide, it'll, it'll make, yeah. Try holding back the tears to <laughs> that one live. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, as you get older, like when you realize like what she was writing about at the mm -hmm. time and things like that, it really, as you grow older, you're just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And like you said, they definitely the, uh, the soundtrack, the dynamic changes as you get older. But yeah, no, we're, and we're excited. We're going to come up uh, to Harvest. You're going to be playing Harvest in like, yeah. a couple of weeks. So for anyone yeah. listening, you better get your darn tootin' tickets. To yeah. So Harvest. it's not sold out already by the time uh, this is, by the time this episode drops. I but. still think there's a few ultimate passes. Okay, I think, yes. Like, I think you can still potentially get in if you get an ultimate pass. And if you is, that, is that the pass of the whole weekend sort of thing? Yeah. 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 Okay. If you can't make it to the Big Ten shows, there's lots of shows at the Cap. Um, yes, and true. I think there's a few smaller tents kicking around Fredericton. So. Yeah. That's the thing with that weekend. Everything's curated so well. Every show you go to is going to be awesome, you know. Yeah. That's the thing. Harvest is always like that. It's always, everything you see is always great. No, we really yeah. appreciate it. Um, what was our last thing we wanted to ask? Oh, actually, well, we have a couple. Are you ready for more uh, tough questions, Matt? Always. Okay. Yes. So why don't we do... Um, Hold our... on, let me turn the light on. Okay. Just, yeah. It's getting dark. I realize like the sun setting yeah. here. Like, like, disappearing well. into the backdrop. We're like, it'll just be like our eyes glistening <laughs> in... <laughs> Okay, there we go. Oh, yay. Amazing. Cool. So we'll do this quick, rapid fire. Um, but the people want to know. Okay. The people need to know. Are you um 
sit here. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. Awesome. All right. First one. Who would you rather collaborate with? Ooh. Gordon Lightfoot or Neil Young? Uh, I think I would, I would probably say Gordon Lightfoot because he'd be easier to collaborate with. I think he'd be more down to just sit down and work on a song, you know. Practical. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Who would you rather collaborate collaborate with, Alan Jackson or Loverboy? I know the same. Alan Jackson, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this one, um, would you rather see Bob Dylan during the Rolling Thunder review tour or the night that he went electric at Newport Folk Festival? Rolling Thunder. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. I know, right? It's a toughie. It's a toughie. Yeah. Um, I feel like I just no. Said then I'd say I'd say sixty six. I'd say when he went electric for sure. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. yeah, that's a toughie, though. Good question. Um, alpacas or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Or alpaca yeah. dogs. Alpaca yeah. dogs. <laughs> that would be pretty Dog. awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a maritime one. Uh, Reggie's or King of Donaire? Uh, King of Donaire. I got to go. I mean, I love Reggie's, but, you know, King of Donaire yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, it's for home. sure. Yeah, it's home. It is, yeah. All right. Now, this one. I said this in last minute. I didn't share this one with you guys, but Steely Dan or Nickelback? I know this one. Steely Dan. <laughs> oh my God. I totally thought you would have said Nickelback at this point. No, it's so man. funny. No, 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 no. I just, I, I, I didn't say I didn't like Steely Dan. I just don't know them yet. I mean, I think it's sort of saving them, right? So Leith sort of time infusing me into some records and getting me sort of Sort of baby stepping me You're into like, it. This girl, Kate, know. she just she's driving the Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, def definitely, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the nickel those guys personally, but I just I'm pretty sure that I won't like them as much as I would like Steely Dan. You know, by far, I think I already kind of like Steely Dan. I'm just gonna. I need to be like eased into it, you know, That's fair. so I don't get too scared off too quick with its awesomeness or whatever. Awesome. <laughs> love that thank you so much for uh doing that with us and thank you for joining us this evening uh for for this episode we really appreciate it anytime like it's you guys are fantastic it's nice to know that you guys there's some really good music lovers out there still it makes me happy any, anytime anytime at all yeah i mean that's pretty much what we do is just try to figure out ways to you know get out explore people's love of music i just watched um what was it pearl jam let's play two documentary oh that was nice um, i heard it's, it's pretty awesome it's really good and it really like embodies like i think a big reason why we do strange grooves like mm. you know we never know what people are going through or why they're going and they could be dealing with the most like traumatic or most amazing things happening to them and, and going to these like phenomenally epic shows and sure. the lyrics are hitting them in different ways and they're just expressing it like everyone else and i love seeing those interviews and then seeing those people again in the crowd i just thought that was really so if you're looking for something music to watch, it's a really good documentary. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really inspiring, you know. Yeah. No, Just going really back good. to what we were talking, they're like the ultimate band these days as far as band crowd connection. Like, they yeah. they just got it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for joining us, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be so exciting. Awesome. Harvest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's always such a wicked crowd. I can't wait. It's always so fun. Like, yeah. 
like harvest. Oh, the funnest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, keep keep it strange. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.